This is the Can BDA Youth Collective Podcast, a youth ministry podcast dedicated to resourcing Christ-centered, others-focused disciples. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Canada Bermuda Youth Collective Podcast. As always, we're excited that you decided to join us again. And this is a special episode because after four years, this will be my last episode as host of the Canterbury Youth Collective podcast. As you would have heard in our previous episode, um, in the Salvation Army, uh, we have been reassigned, my wife Jennifer and I, we've been reassigned to a new appointment. We're on our way to Halifax to serve as Corps officers there. And Captain Jason Dockery, along with uh, Captain Kristen Jackson Dockery, uh, will be coming in to fill our roles. And Jason, particularly, will be stepping into my shoes as the Territorial Youth Children and Youth Secretary. And so this will be my last episode uh, with you as host. And it's been great being on this journey with the podcast with you over the last four years. As uh, we finish up, our roles, and as I finish up uh, my time as the Territorial Youth Secretary, um, I'd like to take this last episode to share just a few thoughts with you about something that's like very, very important, something that is foundational. Um, then I would want to share that with you and hope that it would be foundational in your life as well as we all strive together to be creating Christ-centered, others-focused disciples. Hopefully you will remember that uh, just a few weeks ago, at least at the time of this recording, we had the Voici Connect 2 Electric Boogaloo. And during that event, uh, I shared in our last session about the idea of Jesus saves. Now, in case you weren't there that, at that event and heard that talk on Sunday of the event, I'm going to share some thoughts of that with you today and talk about how important that is to the idea of creating Christ-centered, others-focused disciples in our world today as we continue to move forward. We believe that the world needs new hope. And um, that's been sort of our journey as we've journeyed through the Voici Arc in these days. We are in the idea of focusing on new hope. We believe the world needs new hope. And I would ask the question, what is the greatest truth, really the only truth that can bring about this new hope in the world around us? It's that Jesus saves. That, that wonderful statement that Jesus saves. Right? What the world needs first and foremost is Jesus. Right? What it needs to know more than anything else is that Jesus saves. Just not to know about Jesus, but to know that Jesus saves. You know, a lot of people would affirm that, uh, that Jesus was a great historical figure or a great teacher or any of those, those things. But what matters most that Jesus is God and Jesus is Savior. And so the idea of Jesus saves is so, so important to us. And I believe it's important to our work with children and youth because it's a foundation of everything else that we do. If we want to be creating Christ-centered, others-focused disciples, and if you believe in that like we believe in that in Canterbury Youth, you know that the foundation of that is salvation. That everything else flows from that foundation. Our greatest need, our greatest joy, our greatest fears, they're all, they're all met in the idea that Jesus saves. Before we need anything else, before we can need anything else that the world offers to us, before our young people and children need anything else that the world offers to them, what they need to know is that Jesus saves and that Jesus saves completely. I believe the greatest question in all of Scripture is found in Acts 16 and 30. 
Acts chapter 16, verse 30, when the Philippian jailer, you might know that story that Paul and Silas are in, in, in the prison. They've been beaten and whipped and chained up in prison. And around the midnight hour, it says they were singing hymns and praising God. And all of a sudden, there was a great earthquake and everybody's chains fell off and the doors of the prison swung open. And uh, the jailer awoke and thought that everyone had, had fled and that uh, his life was forfeit because every, all the prisoners had escaped and he was going to uh, end his own life. When all of a sudden Paul stopped him and said, no, no, don't worry, we're all here. And overcome uh, with, with awe and with gratitude, the jailer asked uh, Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? That is the most profound question in all of scripture because that is the foundation upon everything else is built upon it's the foundation upon which everything else forms and moves and takes effect in our lives it's the foundation of of our faith paul would say that the idea of the resurrection and without the resurrection then our, our hope is in vain because the resurrection promises us that we can be transformed that if jesus overcomes the grave then he can overcome our sin and so as we engage in children in youth ministry as we lead others and we lead our own lives we need to build it upon this idea first and foremost this must be the foundation of which everything else works off that jesus saves and jesus saves completely we can't forget that we're often i think in danger sometimes within the church to forget that truth not that we would ever mentally disregard that truth not at all no of course we we hold on to it but we do we often let that truth sink in, that reality sink in, that Jesus saves, and what that means for us in its fullness and completeness, that the idea that Jesus saves. When you work with your children, when you work with your young people, do you let that idea that Jesus can save and transform actually drive and formulate and make the foundation of what you're doing when you work with, it, with your children and youth? We need to remember that Jesus can save and Jesus can save completely. Hebrews 7 verse 25 says this, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Hebrews 7 25, Jesus is able to save completely, completely those who come to God through him. You know, we, we, we need to grasp this idea of what it means completely that Jesus can save. In the, in the original uh, Greek, this is a very strong and interesting word, this word that makes up completely. It is translated perfectly or utterly. Uh, we, you might be familiar to sing in the song, to the uttermost he saves, this idea that Jesus saves fully and completely. Uh, he completely transforms. It comes from a root, a root word that denotes the idea, and it means this, each, every, any, all, the whole, everyone, all things, everything. This is fullness and completeness. It also means to an end, that nothing more needs to be added or can be added. It is uttermost, it is complete, it is perfect. And so the salvation Jesus offers is a complete one. And what does that mean? That means when we look at any, any young person, any teenager, any person in our core, anyone in our family, anyone outside of the love of Jesus, when we look at them, we can believe what Hebrews 7.25 says, that Jesus is able to save completely everyone who comes. There's no one outside of that grace and that goodness and that forgiveness because we can be tempted sometimes to think, though we may never say it out loud, but we might think in our hearts, 
in, in, in a dark time or a difficult time or in a time of desperation that God can't overcome this situation. Or that person is, is so far gone that, yeah, we believe that Jesus saves, but will God really save that person? Well, is God really able to redeem this situation? Is God, Jesus, able to really restore this or change this? Well, Hebrews 7.25, it says he can do it completely. And, and the root meaning of the word tells us that, you know, each, every, any, all, the whole, everyone, all things, everything. There is nothing outside of the Jesus, of, outside of Jesus' saving power. No one, no situation, no circumstance. And that has to form the foundation of our, our children and youth ministry. And I pray that that would be your case in these days. If you remember nothing else out of, out of all that we've talked about perhaps over the, the years on the podcast, remember this, that Jesus is able to save completely everyone who comes to him. So it's a very powerful powerful word. And it's only used twice in scripture, right? So this description of Jesus' uh, salvation is only uh, used twice. The word is only used twice. Once in Hebrews 7.25, and the second time in, in Luke 13, verses 10 to 17. Now, this is a story of a woman who comes to the synagogue on Sabbath, and Jesus is there, and Jesus heals her. Now, really, the heart of the story is about the idea of how the synagogue rulers and the people, the religious elite, get upset because Jesus is healing on the Sabbath. But the word, the same word that is used in Hebrews for completely, is used here in this passage to describe the condition of the woman. So it's used in polar opposite, in, in opposite description. And so in verse 11 of Luke 13 says, the woman could not straighten up at all, which is that same word. So her ailment, her physical ailment was complete. It was full. It was, it couldn't get anywhere. She was utterly lost, utterly broken, utterly, you know, outside of, of, of wholeness. She, she was completely disconnected from completeness and fullness for shalom. She, she was outside of peace. Now, whether you want to take that figuratively or just really physically, either way, we can, we can draw the line there to say that her physical condition was completely outside. She was completely broken. No one could help her. Completely broken. She had looked everywhere and could not find completeness, could not find healing. And I think we can transfer that into her spiritual well-being as well. But the, the main idea is that that same word that describes Jesus' complete salvation is used in this situation to describe her complete brokenness. And so you have a woman here completely broken, completely broken. And she comes to Jesus. And in this wonderful story, in the midst of those who wanted to oppress her, wanted to keep her down, did not want her to receive her healing, not at least not then at that point in time. Jesus reaches out and he heals her and she is restored. All right, so in the face of her complete brokenness, the complete salvation of Jesus comes to act upon it and counteracts it and eliminates it. All right, and so we see even though the woman was completely broken, Jesus was able to completely save. And so no matter what we're facing, whether it's a young person we're working with, whether it's someone in our lives, whether it's a, a circumstance, or whether, whether it's our, our church or our core, and we feel, oh, this thing is broken. This thing is never going to get better. It can never be restored. We can feel like that woman who was at her wit's end and was desperate for restoration, but was completely broken and not knowing where to turn when everything else had been tried. 
and finally came to Jesus. And Jesus was able in his completeness to speak into her complete brokenness. And in this moment, we believe that Jesus is able to speak into the completely broken parts of people's lives, of our young people, of our world, of our society, of our church, whatever it is, of our core, of our ministries, whatever seems completely broken, the completeness of Jesus is able to speak into that and overcome it completely. And if you look at Luke 13, verse 17, it says the people were delighted with all the wonderful things Jesus was doing. And so even in the face of complete brokenness, Jesus brings complete healing, brings complete salvation, and the people were delighted. And so as we trust, I believe, in the grace of God to do only what God is able to do, that bring that complete healing, that the people around us will be delighted and be drawn towards God, will be drawn towards him, and, and will realize that, oh, Jesus is able to save. He can bring about change. He can bring about deliverance. And so we need to be mindful of that because often we, we, we allow ourselves to be defeated before we begin. And we need to remember that Jesus is able to save and save completely. Friends, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. But why is Jesus able to save utterly and completely? Uh, well, we see that in the verse of Hebrews 7.25 again as well. It's the second part of the verse says, because he always lives to intercede for them. And so it says Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede. So what, is, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means that Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are continually engaged in our well-being. The Trinity, Godhead, God is concerned about us. You know, the, the Godhead, God, the Trinity is always moving towards his creation, towards you and me. God is always moving towards us. It's the nature of God to be coming towards his creation. Even in the Garden of Eden, we know that story when Adam and Eve, they disobey God and they sin and they're separated from God, even in their conscience in those quick moments in the Garden of Eden. And we see Adam and Eve and they hide when they hear God coming. But God comes looking for them. God comes towards them. And God comes walking in the cool of the evening and begins to call out Adam's name, calling out for him, walking towards him, seeking after him, and, 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 and reaches out and finds him, even in his shame, even in his nakedness, even in his brokenness, even in his complete failure. God goes looking for him. And the whole of the history of, of God and creation since then is that of God looking for his people. We often talk about people finding God, you know, but that's not how it works. Is God finds us. God finds us. And so we know that God is able to save completely because the God of all creation, Almighty God, is actively pursuing us. Not just actively pursuing his creation, not just actively pursuing his church, but right now he's actively pursuing you. And he's actively pursuing that young person or that child that you're thinking about. He's actively pursuing your ministry. He's actively pursuing your core. He longs to be involved in every aspect of it. That's what it means. And it says he's ever living to intercede for us. He is engaged with God the Father and the Holy Spirit for the well-being of you and your ministry and your core and your young people because he loves us and he saves completely.
He doesn't. He never stops coming. You know, Psalm 46 says that God is an ever-present help in times of trouble. And what it tells us in that, that Hebrew word means that God is present always there. We don't have to wait for him to show up. He is present. It's not like we, this day and age, we phone, we order our food, and we, you know, you watch the little app, and you watch the little Uber driver, see how long he takes to get to your door, and there's a countdown. It's not like that with God. It's not like we call out to God, and then we have to wait, and we see how long before he shows up. No. The scripture tells us that he is present, ever present, never leaving, always pursuing us every moment, every day. God is seeking after us, and he's seeking after us right now, even as we listen, and you listen to my voice, and we listen to the Holy Spirit, he is pursuing us. So we know that God is able to save completely because he is actively pursuing us every moment. He is coming towards us. It is the nature of God. Hebrews 13 verse 8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can know that God has not changed. The God of, of the Garden of Eden, the God of, of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, the God who shows up, Jesus who shows up on earth and lives and dies and pursues us, even giving himself up until the cross and to the point of death, humbling himself to become a servant and humbling himself to the point of death, even death upon the cross, is the same God. The same God. And that same God who then now is, Jesus is now exalted above all things, is the same God. He has not changed. What he has done in the past, he's doing now. There's, there's no time and out. There's no stop, no end to it. He's actively pursuing us. And so we can be sure that God can save and save completely, take our complete brokenness like that lady in Luke 13 and bring complete salvation like we're promised in Hebrews 7 because God is always interceding. So the Godhead is working for us, working towards us, coming after us. And that's the idea. Think of the idea of what, Paul, what David rather says in the Psalms, right? He says, where can I flee from your presence? Where can I go from you? David captures this idea. If I, I go to the far ends of the sea, you are there. If I, if I, even if I hide myself in the depths, you are there. If I go and hide in darkness, even the darkness is as light to you. It's that same picture of this completeness that we cannot get beyond God. And I want to tell you, I want to encourage you that your young people cannot get beyond God. Your ministry can't get beyond God. Your core can't get beyond God. Because the scripture says, even when we turn our back on him, he still loves us enough to die for us. We're told in Romans that we know, we know that God loves us and we see his love in this and that while we were still sinners, while our back was turned on him, he died for us. And so we can't get beyond God. We can never, ever be, never, ever be beyond God. We can make our bed in the depths. Still, he is there. We could try to cover ourselves in darkness, and the darkness will become as light to him. He is pursuing, and he's able to save completely. So if you need encouragement today, I pray that you will be encouraged that God is still present and active in your ministry. And he's present and active in your young people as well. So we know that Jesus can save completely. He can take the complete brokenness and he can make, bring complete healing, complete salvation. There's no one outside of that. There's nothing we can do, say, think, imagine, or engage in that would stop, make, stop God from loving us and stop God from pursuing us. He is coming after us. He loves us. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the God who came and, and lived and died and rose again is the same God right now pursuing us to save us completely. But who can Jesus save? We know it's everyone, right? In the Salvation Army, we believe the whosoever. So that means us. So even now, if you're listening to this, I want you to make sure that you have, you've done that. You've, you've tapped into that. You've accepted that, that salvation and that you, you realize, yeah, I've, I've tapped into that. That I, I've, I've surrendered every part of my life to God. Because there's that temptation, isn't there? There's that temptation to, to hide the little pieces away. Things that we either we're ashamed of or we think, oh, you know, God can't change this or I don't want to deal with this. I want to challenge you first and foremost to get that out of the way. If we want our ministries to flourish, if we want to be creating Christ-centered, others-focused disciples across this territory, you and I, those who lead, those that have been given the privilege to lead in this ministry, we must be sure that we have surrendered to the truth that Jesus is able to save completely everyone that comes to God through him. And if there's some part in our lives that we have been holding back, some sin that we have tried to hold on to, I pray now in the name of Jesus, we would release that to him. We want complete freedom. We want complete engagement with the Spirit in these days. We need it desperately if we are going to continue to establish God's kingdom on the face of the earth. And if there are those things in these days you've been discouraged about even in your own life, that God, this will never change, that God is not concerned about this, or this is too small or too big, or I, 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 you, just, you don't see how it can possibly be any different than it is. I want to challenge you right now, and even in this moment, you can press pause and stop wherever you want and talk to God and say, God, you are the God who's able to save completely. I surrender this to you, and I surrender myself to that truth. Lord, cleanse me, forgive me, transform these situations, show me what that looks like. So we need to be the first to establish if we're going to be continue to be fruitful in our ministry, that God has saved us. And once we know that, once we have established that baseline, then we can also build upon the truth that not only does Jesus save completely us, but in turn also others. Then we can take that message, and then we can take that message to the world around us, we can take that message to our ministry. We can take that message to our young people. We can take that message to our communities, uh, to our families, to our workplaces. And we can let the world know that Jesus saves utterly and completely to the uttermost. We can be that light uh, in the darkness, that salt, a city on the hill that cannot be hidden. And we can carry around what Paul talks about, this treasure in jars of clay, right? This, this wonderful truth that's so amazing. So we've allowed it to sink into our lives. And the idea that Jesus saves is so permeated who we are. It's like glowing out of us. That's the imagery Paul talks about. It's like a treasure in jars of clay because the jars of clay are imperfect and they're thin and thick. And, and if you put a light in there, you can just see the light coming out of it. You cannot contain it. And that's kind of what we are. We're imperfect jars of clay, but we have something so amazing within us that it's 
seep, seeping out and leaking out of every little seam within our lives and people can't help but see it come out of us. So when we claim that truth ourselves, it just begins to permeate who we are and, and slip out of us all over the place. It's going to slip out of, out of our actions. It's going to slip out of our attitudes. It's going to slip out of our, our words. It's going to slip out of our relationships. All around us, just God is going to be slipping out of us. This God truth, this, this complete salvation is going to be just slipping out all over the place. And, and people are going to be getting saved and going to get to know Jesus because it's just coming out of us. This wonderful treasure is just oozing and slipping and permeating out of our lives and infecting everybody else around us. Don't you want that? Don't you want that for your ministry? I pray that for your ministry. I pray that for my own ministry. And so claim that truth so that others then can live that truth and we can fearlessly and we can with all vigor and confidence declare that goodness and that truth to the world as well. Friends, we can never forget that we are salvation people. William Booth described the Salvation Army as salvation people. We're about getting ourselves saved and then getting other people saved and getting more saved ourselves and getting more people saved. We are salvation people. That is who we are. We are the Salvation Army. God raised us up that we may bring the gospel to the world. Friends, we can never forget that the world is completely broken. We are at one time ourselves, we're completely broken. And we would still be there now, lost, sentenced to death, eternal death, hell and destruction, if not for the complete salvation of Jesus Christ, completely dead in our sins, if not for the complete salvation offered through Jesus Christ. And so we can never forget that truth and we can never let ourselves slip in our fervency of declaring that to the world around us and declaring that and making it the foundation of our ministries to children and youth, that they need to know the love of Jesus Christ. It's not enough to know your parents' faith or not enough to know grandparents' faith or, or any of those pieces. It, it must be our own lived out together. And so I want to challenge you never to let that slip as the foundation of who we are and why we do what we do. We do it so people might know every action, every word, every program, every dollar spent, every sleepless night, every tear cried, every sweat drip that we, we do. It's so that people might know that Jesus saves and can save them and that they need salvation and that Jesus now offers it. We can never let ourselves or our ministry, the people we lead, be able to forget those things. We are salvation people. The world is lost and it needs Jesus. Our young people without Jesus are lost and they need him. They need him. They need this complete salvation. And so I ask you, as you continue, as we all continue to create Christ-centered, others-focused disciples, do you believe that Jesus saves? Not do you believe Jesus is or was, not do you believe Jesus is an important part of what it means to be Christian? No, do you believe that Jesus saves? Do you believe that Jesus saves? I challenge you, I charge you. Like I said, if you were there in that meeting 
at the end of May, I charge the young people, now I charge you and myself, do not let the church forget that Jesus saves. Do not let the church forget that Jesus saves. We can get caught up in a lot of things, and we can do a lot of good, and we can do a lot of amazing things, but we can never forget that Jesus saves. Do not let the church forget that Jesus saves. That Jesus saves and saves completely those who come to him in these days. That is the foundation of what we do. That is the greatest hope of the world. And if you remember nothing else, whether uh, from this podcast and the episodes we've done, whether you've listened to all of them or this is your very first one, I just pray that you would remember that truth, if nothing else, that Jesus saves, he can save you. And once he saves us, he wants to use us to bring that message, save others, to save the world, that whosoever will might come and know the love of Jesus Christ and have the hope that you and I have. Friends, Jesus saves. Let that be the foundation of what you're doing. That is what it means to make Christ-centered, others-focused. Christ-centered, those who have been forgiven by the utter and complete salvation of Jesus Christ, and others-focused, who now bring that message to the world around us. Because the complete salvation of Jesus is able to meet completely the complete brokenness of sin and the world, and he is able to restore it completely. No one outside, no one beyond hope. Everyone can know the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Let us, you and I, be faithful stewards and servants of that truth. For Friends, the world needs new hope, and the greatest hope we can give them is that Jesus saves and saves completely in these days. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you save and that completely is a wonderful truth. It is the most foundational truth that we can build our lives upon, our ministry upon, and everything we do. So we commit it to you. Lord, help us to live by that truth. Make it the foundation of our lives that you save and save completely. We invite you, Lord Jesus, once again, come, whether for the first time or many more times over and over. Save us, Lord. We confess every little piece to you. We claim that your salvation is sufficient, Jesus, that you've paid the price, that you've opened the way for us to save us completely. We acknowledge our complete brokenness and our complete need of you, and we claim your complete and uttermost salvation in these moments. Lord, every little secret, every little dark place, every little circumstance, we confess it to you. And so, Lord, then send us out, send us into with our young people. We pray for our young people that they might know that truth as well. We pray for our ministries, our core, our leadership, our, our relationships, whatever it is, Lord Jesus. Lord, move in our lives. I pray for the youth workers, the core officers, the leaders, anyone who might be listening in these days, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would surround them with this wonderful truth to help them to be these jars of clay carrying this wonderful treasure. Let it just permeate out of all of us, Lord Jesus. Let it just seep out and infect the world around us, this wonderful truth that you save and save completely. Oh, Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that you do that, that you save and save completely. So, Lord, send us out. Send us out to create Christ-centered, others-focused disciples on the foundation that you are able to save 
And we praise you, Lord Jesus, that we have that hope and that we represent that in the world. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, I thank you. Thank you for taking time uh, to listen uh, to uh, my, my heart in these, these moments and these days. Uh, and that uh, I pray the truth that Jesus saves will indeed send us forth into the world. Uh, it's been a privilege to share this podcast with you in these days, and we look forward to uh, new horizons for the podcast and uh, new leadership, and where the Lord is going to take this ministry. We thank you for supporting it in these days, and we ask, as always, that you would um, show us some love by uh, rating, recommending, and sharing the podcast on whatever platform you get your podcast media from. It's uh, been a great journey together. We want to encourage you to continue to move forward in the creation of Christ-centered, others-focused disciples. May the Lord richly bless you until we're together again on the Canada Bermuda Youth Collective Podcast.